One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees, promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, you're very welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Morris O'Keefe. And this week's podcast is introduced by Michael Healy Ray. Over a period of time, Morris O'Keefe wanted to speak to my father about his life and times. It wasn't very successful because my father was extremely busy with his work in Dalian and serving the people of, of Kerry. And it failed to materialise the interview. So when my father retired in 2011 and after I had got elected to the Dal, Morris said to me, would I, would I have a go at trying to persuade my father to agree to an interview. The problem was it was going to take a bit of time and Morris always said to my father, well, it could be an hour or two and that, to be blunt about it, was enough to put him off. But I came around my father and I went up uh, to Kathleen's house one evening, picked him up and brought him down uh, to a hotel here in, in, in the town and we went up into a hotel bedroom. There was myself Morris and my father. And Morris asked one very leading question. Jackie, he said, what's your earliest memory? And what we heard, I certainly thought was very, very interesting. I thought it was a unique caption of my father's life and times. And I certainly hope that you will enjoy listening to it now. This is unique because it would be the last uh, in-depth personal interview that Jackie Healy Ray ever did. But Jackie, Jackie Healy Ray, it's good to be here with you and to be talking to you at long last and uh, talking to you about... Can I uh, just... Can, let me ask you first, how far back can you trace your own family? Well, you see, I can trace my own family back to the time that I was going to school... I was going to school, and at a very young age, I think within February, to the early February, my father was driving with the manure for the garden, because the thing about it, Morris, if we hadn't, um, if, if we hadn't prayed at that time, we wouldn't exist. There was no way. Where did you live? Where, where I lived up on Ray, in the farm, up on Ray. Up a mile, is it a mile and a half, a mile and a half in the village, thereabouts. And there was a number of bogs in the farm. Bogs. And people used to cut, cut turf there, including my father had his own bog, and he used to cut turf for ourselves. Hmm. And we had a number of little bogs, and there was people in, like the quills in the village, used to cut turf there, and uh, the Healy Shines pub, which were distantly related to us, they used to cut turf there. And... They'd pay maybe a pound or thirty shillings 
to my father for the right to culture for the year. Mm-hmm. And so, that'll be helped to keep him turning over. Right, so he was farming. Uh, he was. The land and, up there. How, how many acres of land, or how big was that farm at the time? Or was that, it commonage on the mountainside? There was very little commonage there. There was about 63 or 65 acres there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but that was your father. What was your father's first name? Was Danny. Danny. And did Danny, Danny's father, did you remember your grandfather? I did. did you know, what was his name? Um, he was Danny as well. Danny in. And did he farm the same farm there? He did, of course, before. Yeah. But the trouble about it is the story was very complicated because during his time, there was people called Tim Dins. There were. In other words, there was a brother of my grandfather living in, in, a, in half the house. Half the house was touched, the other was slated. Yeah. And you see, you see, during his time, my great-grandfather's time, the, the Tim Dean Healy's moved over up on the side of the mountain and made fields over there. They took out the rocks. And they made stone ditches that they'll be there forever. And they made a farm over there because there wasn't room for them all in 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 our place. Yeah. Imagine. And so. Uh, and you see, and back the and down the little lane from the house, then Tom Lynch's were living. Tom and I know Lynch. I remember them when I was terribly young. And I used to break up turf. Nice soft turf. And filled the clay pipe for him and lighted with a spark out of the fire. And the two of them used to smoke turf. They used to smoke the turf? Yeah. No bother in the world in the clay pipe. Mm-hmm. That's as sure as God. And, and, and um, they had a son then, Jack. And wherever he used to get the money, these were small farms, no six cows my father had. And a horse. He had to have a horse for plowing. And the neighbours would come ploughing with him then, with their horse, and there'd be two horses pulling the plough. And they'd make ridges for the garden. And so, it was all potatoes, you say? Yeah, and the 13th of February, to the very early start preparing for the garden, my father was tipping up a horse load of manure in a field at the back of the house, where he was going to set the garden. And in the process of tipping up the the, the, the Lord of Manor, whatever happened to him, this went in his back. And he was coming into Kinmare Hospital. That train was going to Kinmare at the time. And I didn't know how did he go to Kinmare, but he was kept to Kinmare Hospital anyway. And there was a doctor, an old doctor inside Kinmare. And he put him into a bath of extremely hot water. Extra hot. Which partly, it didn't will say burn the skin off him or anything like that, but it gave him a, a bad fright. He thought that he'd put his back right, this massive pain. Yeah. So did that. Um, um, that made him worse. Yeah. He came out home and he never again done a day's work. And at that time, he was eight years old. And was there many of you? I mean, there were six of us. Oh, well, so what? Uh, that was six of us, and my father was married before that, 
and he had six children who we got on very good with. And who was he married to? My mother was a Reardon from Kumala, up in Kumala. Mary Reardon, the Lord of Mercy, she lived to be 96 years. And um, the first woman that he was married to was, was, was a, a woman from Beaufort, Solomon, I think. Right. She yeah. was Timmy's and Peggy's and their mother. So Timmy uh, uh, was a great help to us then when he got beat up. Mm-hmm. Timmy was a great strong fella and a grand fella and a very nice fella. And I adored the ground he walked He was a very nice fella. But at the same time, do you see, he went away. He, he was at the point of going away around that time and he did go away. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where he went. He, he, he went to England and he eventually got married in, and he's living in Birmingham all the time he is. You never told me where the Ray came from. Hold on right? a minute. Ray so was the name of the farm above where we're living. So that's, that's how the, the Healy yeah. Ray came. It, because it? there was other Healy's of the rock, the hurlers. Healy's of, 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 of different places. Yeah. Healy, yeah. The Healy's of a van. All the different, we were Healy Ray's. So, but, so he ran the place then after your father he, got, he got really, knocked out. He, he really, you couldn't say it till my mother ran the place. My well, mother was a fierce woman altogether, but an extraordinary was, woman. She must have been to take on uh, to, to the six, six plus, of us. Plus, plus you. That, that yes. was 12 altogether, was that right? Well, you see, they were gone. The poor family were nearly gone. Mm-hmm. You know, Timmy was the last one to go. Mm-hmm. And they were gone to England. They got married in England and everything. Mm-hmm. Someone comes home all the time to me to see me or Michael or these fellas, you know. Peggy now was the last one that was home the summer there. She comes every summer. Mm-hmm. And she brings... A daughter driving her own car, and, and, and you know, we were very, they were, we were always very close, the whole lot of us were together, you know. But, but did you, did your mother seek uh, an, an, a, a subsistence out of, out, of, out of the farm? I mean, was there... She was getting, she was getting no subsistence. She was getting no subsistence. I tell you what, we lived in, we lived in cutting turf, drying the turf, and selling reeks of turf, and... And when I got a, a bit older, I used to carry the, the, the horse rail turf down to the village and I sell it for a pound for the horse rail turf below. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I suppose from 1947, Mrs. Quill over in the village, we'd never have survived really for her. She had a shop down in the village. And I remember my mother had no money, no penny in the world of money for flour. And Mrs. Quill sent up a tin stone of flour. And the extraordinary thing about it, for what reason, I don't know. I was very young. The tin stone of flour was left over at Ray Cross. Ray Cross, up in the ditch. And my mother had to go over. And I swear to God, she carried that tin stone of flour over across the bog, into Kumar, across the steps, and up Jack Lynch's field into the house, and put it up on the seat. And that was minded better than any machine or better than any kind of, 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 of equipment that you were there, because she made a cake of bread, whatever, and, 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 and wouldn't waste a, 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 a crumb of it. Right. And when we saw, when, when we used to have calves then, we, the six cows used to have six calves. 
the six calves and the help of the turf, the money from the turf, you keep just taking over. My goodness, yeah. Taking over. So were you the youngest, Jackie, or were you in the middle? I was the oldest. Or were you? I was. And and so did a lot of of responsibility lie on your shoulders as well? Oh, a fierce fright to God altogether. Sure, when I started working first, when I was maybe, I used I worked for a pound a week. And did you work for the farmers locally, or did you? No, no, no. I, I, I come to that later. I, 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 I worked driving a motor car for a pound a week for the meanest man in Ireland, Tom Randalls. <laughs> yes. I did, yeah. yeah. I did for a pound a week. Then he, he, the trouble about him, didn't you see? As we grew older and, and a bit older, when I got a driving license, when I got a driving license. Um, maybe I should get a bit more from but he, he, that was no work at the time there was no job so were you doing hackney driving so were I you? was driving a hackney cab for him yeah yeah and, and I remember one, I remember one day I was driving a crew to Killarney I was driving some couple of people to Killarney for him and I had a Ford Prefect and we went to the county home and there was a man that did by the name of Mike Leahy and here we are at the county home, and his and his friends, I think Petty Balls and them were his friends. To them I was driving, I suppose. And here we are, with Mike Lee inside in a coffin, below the county home, and no way of carrying to Kilyab, and there was no such thing as theirs. So after a desperate battle, anyway, we got, we got bags, and we put it up over the bag glass, and one over the front, and we put the coffin up on the prefect. And remember, notice the cloth roof was on the prefect. I headed for Kilgavin, and they were all, there was a big crowd waiting for the funeral to come. And I, and I, I put the nose of the prefect down around Dennis's corner and the coffin up on the roof. And Randalls came out above, and he, he had a cup of tea going out to see. Who, who, who was bringing home the coffin? They thought that they might be here, Scott and Killarney or something. When he see the coffin, opened the roof of the car, he left a cup of tea fall. Yes. My car is ruined forever, he said. My my freaking car is ruined forever. Was he superstitious, is it, about No, but he thought that the roof of the, uh, of oh, the car would, 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 would collapse under the coffin, which would... Poor Mike Lee, he was, that thing there is heavier than him. He was a very small, light little man. Right. Totally the weight of the coffin was more than anything else. But this must have been, uh, if you, you were born in the 1920s, weren't you? 31. 1931. So this would have been in the, during the war years, so, was it? In the, the 1940s, late 40s? Yes, late 40s, eh? Yeah. Late 40s, maybe into the 50s. Right, and, and so it, it would have been fairly... Tough times in those days, like I mean, the, the, I tell to God. Sure, the first bright light that hit me was when myself and the man that owns this hotel now. We're in the that, Court Court Hotel. This is owned by who now? Robert Lyme. Oh yes. And we got a job, two jobs working up on the hill in Delaney's for a, working for planting trees for the forestry. And the first big money that, that I got into was we got three pounds to a week in the forest. 
And you both started together. Yeah. Uh, uh, what we do the together, the first thing we do in the parks, when we got the job in the parks, we had only very bad bicycles, hopeless bicycles. We went down to Jortumi. He was selling rally bicycles, and we bought two new rally bicycles because we were saved now, a safe bit. And he sold us the two bicycles for a pound a month, for 36 months, we bought them in, in, in high purchase. And... He hadn't the bike long at all, and he sold it because he got the job in the, in, in the, in the automobile, and I held on to my bicycle. I see. So that's, I, I stayed in the forest then for a long time. So you didn't move out of Kilgarvan? And, and, no. And being in the forestry down there, so what kind of work were you doing, Jackie, there at the time? Oh, tough work. We were opening drains with, with spades and shovels, pickaxes. We were doing all that kind of stuff. And that was through the 50s mostly, was it? Was it into the it was, 60s yeah. as well? Um, were you an ambitious man? Did you want to get on? I mean, was that your... Oh, um, Jesus, I tried to get on as hard as ever as I could. Sure. I mean, there is no doubt about what, I, what I've gone through is something of a massive terror to God. But tell me, bring me to the next stage, so. What happened when you... Later on, then, in the time when, we, when things moved on, I went to America and I got married there. In America. What year was that? 53. And I didn't stay there only for about 12 months. And tell me... Uh, and I worked, I, worked, yeah. I worked with the biggest black guard inside in the cold store that I ever met since I came into this world. His name was Bill Joyce. And was he Irish and or American? He, he was Irish-American. Yeah. And what he used to do, was there was two of us there. He did a desperate set altogether in one fella. But he hadn't a very bad set in me at all. But what he did... Do you see... The coal storage is a massive place. It is like it is as big as the field, and the coal inside it is something fierce to God. So if he wanted to blackguard us, he might send us in for two boxes of number forty-five, and bring him out that there was a fellow waiting for him outside. We'd go in for forty-five and give the whole day trying for it and finish up, not get it at all because he'd send us in knowing that there was no forty-five there. When you say 45, what do you mean? The, the number. Oh, yes. If we were putting inch up into the cold store, mm-hmm. you'd get a number. Mm-hmm. So if we put in 20 boxes of fish, let us say, 45 would be your number. So you'd come for a box of 45, and we'd bring out a box of 47, put it outside the, the, the door and uh, out of the cold room, and we'd keep going for a month until the last box left. And when you came back for the last box, you 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 would, you would record that there was another box left. But you see, if he wanted to blackguard us, all he need to do is send us in for for a, for a two boxes of forty-five, and he'd know there was no them left. That'd mean that we'd be all day searching inside in the store in the frost. How did you get that job? I got that job while I was over there because jobs weren't that plentiful there either. But but you see. But you see, I suppose I put the cab before the horse. I opened. You see, I brought a few dollars out of it, and that's the time I bought the first car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In other words, I wasn't going out by right or nothing. And, 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 and I came home and I bought the car then. And when you emigrated, was, was that uh, you taught at the time for good? It, it was that Jesus, it, uh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus uh, Morris, I don't know. 
I, I had my, my I, I don't know, because I went over there and I was very young and I got married there. I don't know what age it was, but I got married there anyway. And uh, Did you go over on your own or did you go with No, other? I went over with Julie because she came holidaying to Kilgavin at the time. And Julie was your Yes, sister, and she was it? my wife, but Sorry. I went back with her. Oh, and who's, uh, what was Julie's maiden name? Healy as well. She was a very distant relation of mine. I mentioned her people while well, I got you, the Tim Dins. When I told her they went up on the side of the hill and made fields oh, or nothing. That's right, yeah. Were they those Healy's? They were them Healy's. Oh, yes, I see now. Yeah. Yeah. So they, um, so you must have known each other all your lives. We didn't know each other at all. Oh, I never. She, she went away she was, in, again, she was yeah. born over in America, sure she was. Oh, I see. And yes. Jelly came home visiting. So I went know. over then, you see, and, and then I, I wasn't satisfied. I didn't like the place at all. And I came back home out of it, and I came back far me up to, to rig into the farm. Oh, did you? And and, and, I, and, and then I had the car for hire and things like that, and I bought a tractor. I bought a small second-hand tractor. Mm. And that was the time I went working for all the farmers that I ploughed fields for them, and I was... I, 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 I was an expert at making ridges the same as they used to make with the horses on the plough. And I used to make them for the whole parish. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is really where you started to, to build up uh, yeah. your business, really. Yeah. I mean, the, the, when you came back from America, you must have been um, anxious. Where you, you were left the farm at home, were you? I was. And then at that stage then, you, you, I suppose you were... Were you driven to to get to the keep thing going? going? Yeah. yeah. And and did you have other people working for you, or did you work uh, on on your own? I had no one working for me. I had no one working me for, for for a long time because, but my brother Dini then, when we got the tractor, he started cutting hair by night for fellas, and and I'd be cutting it by day, and vice versa. But we was working around the clock. And so they used to do the ploughing of the ridges and stuff because that, that was very, that was very specialised work to do it and they wouldn't do it right that kill you. And were, were these, uh, I mean, I, I'm just thinking of the, the, where you, the, the area where you live, they were small fields, so there were, it must have been difficult enough. Very hard to manage. In, in managing that. In actual fact, today I bought the Forks Ferguson plough from Builder Hassett's in Tralee. A man came out to me with them three fingers cut off. He had two fingers only. Tommy Captain, his son in Kerry Council now. He had two fingers and he sat down up on a rock when he see where I was plowing. And I was plowing down the hill. And he went down to, to the bottom to see where I was turning below and, and there was a massive cliff down below under it. He came up and he went with the two fingers, he lit a cigarette. And he, he was sitting down up on a rock until the very point day. And he said to me, no, Jackie, he said, if this is the kind of place you're going to be working and plowing, if I were in your shoes, I wouldn't keep the plow toilets in the back because you'd get killed and there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But I, did you feel you had the experience to manage it? To manage it and, 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 and I got going, then he showed me a few tricks of the trade from there on. I was very good, very, very good. I got a couple of bad freights, all right. I got I, I got a few fears bad price but but I survived them anyway. And and then later on in nineteen sixty five I bought a a JCB. There was no JCB than nothing. But I bought that in higher purchase. And I kept going away and I started working for the council, then making 
water schemes and doing everything kind of works, putting down water pipes from back in steam and. Oh, that was about the time of land reclamation. Did you go? Were you involved yeah, in, in, I was, in cutting I was, the ditches? Down I was, of course. Yeah, I was, of course. I was, and and around that same time, I I had fierce mixing with the people. You see, and at that time, that was a fierce friend of mine outside Killarney, town about four miles out, Morris Gallivan. And in 1966, we worked in John Leary's by-election. But so, in 1966, I joined Morris Gallivan back in John Leary in the by-election. And I came to know Neil Blaney, the minister, and Muffin Tony Hall, and we got fierce close, Morris and Blaney and myself. In such a way that when Blaney came to West Limerick to Jerry Collins's by-election, he sent for myself and Morris to go up. And Mackie Shea was very politically minded too. Old Mackie here in Killarney, Tim's father. And he had a small car and he was give us the car to go to the by-elections. Free of charge. Only put the petrol in ourselves. And we went to all them by-elections. We went to Morrigan and Quinns and Galway. We went to, to Mayo, to McGrail, at Dud, the time that, that Indy Kinney... Uh, won the by-election. He was fighting McGrail because that other fellow that was there, Flynn, mm. w- refused to go for Flynn apart because he knew he need beat him. So they ran a fellow by the name of Michael McGrail and Dud. And Kinney won. Kinney won that election. And uh, we went over to Dublin then to fight a, a by-election in Dublin. And we had a bad candidate there as well, Nancy O'Neill. We had Nancy O'Neill. And you see, Morris was with me all this time. In 1964, to go back a bit, I was very well known. And Michael Doherty out in East Kerry died. He was a Kerry County Councillor. Mm. And a fierce friend of mine he was. And... Fellows started forcing me to put my name in for Kerry County Council. And I sat to agreed and I, trying to do everything, but I put my name in anyway. And there was a, a convention. And this tall man came into the pub one day. I had the pub bought in 1965. Things were fierce cheap. That time I bought it very, very cheap. I had the pub. And this this night or this evening, this tall man with a hat came in, looking for me. And I asked him who he was, and he said, uh, he was Betty Cronin from Torian Cahill. And he was a fierce leader of being a part of the time in each curry. And what was he doing? He came around and he crossed me. He gave me a set of a, a thing like you're doing to me now. All he questioning me. Right, yes. And asking me about what I was doing and what I had done and all this kind of thing. And who was the first man that landed in the convention the night the convention was on? Oli Betty Crown. And he had the whole story and he, he, he had the lads told, put this fellow going, he's a live wire and he'll, 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 he'll work. 
I ran for the convention anyway, and should I win the convention hands down and beat a lot of, a lot of other people of all fellas for it. And everything was going grand. Everything was going grand. But I, I contested the election. I was co-opted in then in January, and I had six months inside, and the election was in June. And I ran in June, and John Leary and an awful lot of more and more were, were, were running. Mm -hmm. And I headed the poll in June, I beat them all. That was the first massive break I got. And why do you think you, you had that popularity? I didn't know the name of God. Well, do you see? Well, do you see, Morris? I don't know. I used to play music. I used to play the saxophone. We had a band myself in Denmark, he came each door. Who was going to school with with uh, in the Kinney above in Galway somewhere? He was a principal teacher in Kilgarvan School, and he was maybe the driving force behind me to put me going for it first, because we were next door neighbors. We were massive friends, and uh, long over. I used to have no money. He'd carry me into the dancing kimmer and he'd pay for tickets me going in for the dance, because he was a school teacher. He had money, but he. Put legs on me and he get me going for the council and I went for the council and I headed the poll and I was in the council then for 30 years. Mm -hmm. In in 1997, Morris Calvin, the Lord of Mercy him, said, Do you know, he said, We'll go up. We'll go up to Bertie. Bertie knew me from all the by elections and they all knew me, do you see? Across the board, Brian Linhin. I went up and he went to Bertie. I, I, I wrote him and I tried him, see what he put me, see what he put me on the ticket. And I, I got beaten at the convention and Michal Martin was in the Gleneedle the same night. And there was rows there and everything. A lot of fellas made out that I won it by one vote. But Martin said I didn't. That is Brian Leary won it. Mm -hmm. And I have that in my nose for Martin since. But the long story, anyway, was Bertie wrote me to go up to meet him. And my seven Morris Gallivan went on the train in the morning, in early train. We landed in Dublin, we got a taxi, we went into the Dal, and we met Bertie. We met Bertie. He gave us a rose in Wilkins. The last thing I said to, to Bertie before I left, listen, I have a lot done for the party, Bertie, I said. Oh, I never told about the directing of the elections. No, yes. I directed all the elections for him. I, I was the director of elections in South Kerry for 10 elections, both general elections and all the other elections, presidential elections, and you name it. I was directing elections here in Kerry for him. And I used land, chub, and jalarity nearly within both of each other. I had organized very good in, in, in the West and the East. Now, how did you get into that position? Because they, they appointed me director of elections. But why? Because because I was popular around the place and people had worked for me. And you see, Bertie knew all this and he knew all about the, 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 the directing the elections and everything anyway. But to finish up anyway, Morris Gallivan stood up to go. And I and before I stood up, Bertie stood up and he said I said to him, Bertie, don't put me down the road. In this thing as an independent candidate. Please give me a chance to run. Leave me run. 
and I'll be faithful back everywhere. That was the day Bertie made the biggest boom that he ever made in his whole life. He put his hand up on my shoulder and looked down to me. And I started to stand up. Jackie, he said, I will not put you down the road running yourself. We were meeting Monday morning, he said, of a strategy committee, I think he called them, at 10 o'clock. And you'll be hearing from me. I felt, I went up to the train and I got into that train with Morris and we came home and we came down and we got up in Killarney and Morris had his car there and I said, I had a car there. And we went home and I might as well tell you the truth, Morris. I was nearly sure you would go home tonight that I was on that team. But two days after or three didn't they get a litter. And if I had it, no, it would be worth the, be worth the gold at China. Can you remember what it... Oh, I can tell you what was in it. Unfortunately, Jackie, I'm very, very, very sorry. We're only going to run two candidates in this. Brian O'Leary is already selected in January, don't know. And I'm very sorry I can't add one. But please, please, back the two candidates that's there and support them the same as you always did. And I hit the table with a belt. Nothing doing so they came into Killarney and into Scots and met Patrick O'Donoghue of the Glen Eagle Hotel and asked him, will you give us a room in, in, in the Glen Eagle? And he said, the biggest room is there, we'll get it. No bother the world. We came into the Glen Eagle and we gathered up our team from East Kerry and West Kerry and from all over Kerry. And we, we picked as many as, uh, as I knew that he was working the elections. And we brought them in and they all agreed to put me going, no bother in the way that they were. And 97 I'm on the ticket. And I headed the poll by five or six votes above John Dunham. Now, that, that, that time when you were told you weren't on the ticket, yeah. uh, were you completely taken by surprise? That, you know, I was flabbergasted. Yeah. And did that give you the, 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 the kind of determination to go on and, and, and you know, to, it did. to run anyway? It did. And then I had a mighty team. You see, I had, I had Danny and Michael. And I had, I, I had all them pillars. Yeah. And, 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 and I grabbed great pillars like Richie McCallop and Guinea Willie. Teddy Chubb O'Connor, the Lord Jesus, immersed in him. Yeah. T- Chubb's son from Kilardlin. Yeah. And I had Chubb's family, and I had all them fellas. And everything was grand, but I'm elected. I held the poll and I'm elected, and the blue terror of God is in John Dunhu's hand. Yes. And the terror, and Larry is beaten. And the next Later I get a letter arrives from Bertie to please come up to talk to me with a prospect of supporting us in government. But I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you I went up a proud man and I met him. Mm. And I'll support you, you know, I'm bothering the world, I said, because I'm more being a father than anyone to be both. But at a very high price, Bertie. I'll tell you that now. So that's what straightened the roads to Kilgarpin. That's what put a new bridge in Bardov. That's what put a roundabout outside Elizabeth Yeen. 
that don't I brought down millions of pounds. <laughs> millions. Now, yeah, I know. And, and, they are spinning and, the lash. They are spinning the lash million now on the rotical cabin at the present time. Mm-hmm. Open glen flesk, open bob glen flesk. The road works around there. And it's brain leaning. Dimsy ran, you see, before the, the election doll. Dimsy, you know that number of them pulled out. Dimsy was one of them, and he was the man that was to give me the million. But I were cut for the vote for the finance bill above. Do you understand me? Yes. And leaning it can myself and Lori into a room and get around us to vote. And, and Lori says to, to leaning the lot of mercy and poor Lenin. Jackie won't vote for it all. Brainy says, and I won't vote for it except he'll meet our requirement. It is as simple as that. And he asked me what what is the best you, you you'll do for the the road money that I was promised. I said I'm promised a million. I'm promised seven hundred and fifty thousand and two hundred and fifty thousand for the King Mary Eastern bypass. And I got two hundred and fifty thousand for the last year and and and, and they only bought a bit of land, they don't made bad use of it. But I want to get that job completed, you'll have to give me a million. He gave me a million. And when the million was gotten, when the men came down the road working this year, I came out and I stood up on the in 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 the in the door of the car, the side where it said into the car, and I stood up and I called them all together, and I said, "Listen, I want you minute. I'm delighted that you're here working and that you're continuing to improve the road. This is my only time after getting money for but I said the, the, the bad the bad thing about it is, the man that gave me the money for for me now is dead, and before he go home, and I take up your caps." And say one small prayer for him and thank him that he'll go to heaven after getting that money. And every one of them took him up there and then that very minute they let me go. And you were referring to what man? Died? To Brian Linnean. Oh, Brian. The course, man that gave yeah. me the million. Yes. But uh, still, like you said, the, the Fianna Fall, it was in your blood. And it, it was. It, it was in your blood. But you see, Maris, the funniest thing in the world about it, it was an extraordinary time. I was put on a committee. I was the chairman of a committee every year while I was above. That was a record in itself. Mm-hmm. I was the chairman of the most important committee there, of the environment committee. I was the chairman of some committee every year. And for all that, there was, stuck, there was no time from the time I got elected until I came down to the one my boat. I wanted it every day. It was an extraordinary thing to happen that it went that way. You'd say... Didn't they get elected three times? You'd say one time that they wouldn't want me to have them, they'd have plenty without me. Mm. They were stuck for me every time of the three times that I was elected. And for the new deal every time. And the longer it went and the more often it was happening, was the better job I was able to make them because I, I knew how to handle them. I knew how to handle them. But, I mean, it, it's an extraordinary story. But uh, just let me bring you back a little bit first. Go uh, back, carry yeah. me way back. Where All right. I would, you said you were very close to, to Neil Blaney. He was a very good friend of yours. He was. Now, he split. Uh, do you remember that split in Fianna Fáil? I'll never forget it. What do you remember but, about that time? Well, I remember about about, about Blaney. Do you see, that, 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 there is no doubt about it, but they were in the process of bringing in guns. Mm-hmm. That's for certain. And they were sacked. But I'm talking before he was sacked, when he was the Minister for the Environment. Mm-hmm. In 1966, when he was Minister for the Environment, didn't he give the money for Bellinger Bridge? Mm-hmm. That's the time he gave the money for that. 
And since myself and Blaney left him, and since Blaney got pulled out and died, fear of all the record is that they never won a by-election since. Mm-hmm. We pride in the hatter of the people. I remember one time, myself and Morris Gallivan drove into Galway, the time of Morris Queen's by-election. There was a man from, a TD from, from Wexford, Sean Brown, he used to always be the second. You would be seated inside in the election office. Morris, mm-hmm. we passed the election office. He was sitting down in his chair inside. Mm-hmm. He got his coat and his case. When he see us coming, and went out the door and into his car and went home. And what he taught him the reason he was going was. If them two fellows are here, I won't be here because there'll be trouble. There'll be trouble if they're left loose here. And there was trouble. Hmm. We met with two gallons of petrol around the, the, the Irish Square in Galway the night of the final rally. And we lit the road and we had about 60 or 70 men with pikes and sat the torch lighty up on them for the final rally and we shook Galway City to the roots. For Margaret Queen's by-election. We frightened him with the, with the show we put up. A massive show. And Brown wouldn't stay there because Brown thought that we'd set fire to some place, that we'd set that city in fire. Well, we got all the information of what to do, and that's why Blaney wanted us. Blaney was stretched inside in the back of, of Mackie Shea's little car. Morris in the front, and I drive it. And we was drive right beside, right beside the Finnegale final rally, and Blaney'd hear every single word they'd say, and when he, when we'd about final rally then, he'd counter everything they said, he'd, no machine and no nothing was here inside, stored. <laughs> Is that right? Oh yeah, he was a master genius. And so, but that operation was, was must have been well planned, carried out by yourselves. It was, of course. I remember one time we were we, we were going to to, Mala, to the Mala by election for Jory Cronin. I lit that was the first night I lit the, 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 the road going up the hill in in, in Mala, and, and we, we we put the blue terror regarding the people. We got three or four. We filled the back of Mackey's car going to Mala. We turf over from the side of the road over a good bit uh, beyond Mill Street. That was a rickety turf on the side of the road. And it was nice turf. You'd want nice turf to look at steep, you see. Look at the night we done it here in, the, in Killarney. Uh, the last time that I ran. What about above? What about above outside in Scots? Uh, yes, there was a lot of commotion that evening as well, yeah. There was. Yeah. But did, did, what about in the Scots? I was indeed, yeah. yeah and did yeah. you see my photograph and Satan and the thing that Morris didn't hooper up? That's right, with all the, the with the cap and all the things. Yeah. But so this was uh, this was your idea, was it? The, the, this it was, idea yeah. Of, of torching the, the yes. turf and 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 and, and it, it, that created a bit of of excitement, didn't a it? Massive yeah, excitement. Massive, yes. Sure. If we'll talk to fellows, they're real nice people around Killarney. Like Brendan Hartnett, like Morrison, like Patrick O'Donohumush, his brother in Scots, and I will talk to them people, the Callahans of the party. They'll tell you that I'd never be elected that the last time under the pressure, only for that final rally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
presumptive emerge. So, uh, I mean, this is your um, success. This is why you're so successful, Jackie. Is it? Is I'd the, say it's so. because you, you, you plan these things. You rally, well, rally the people behind you. I did. I did. And you see, going back to '64 to the council election, you see, fellas knew that when I was a young fellow, they knew my father was beat up. He lived for 24 wheel for 24 years. In a seat, in a seat of a chair, and I made an, two bicycle wheels and an axle under it and put the seat of the chair up on the axle and put a place for his elbows and I made a wheelchair for him and he was able to wheel out. He was able to wheel, he gave 24 years in that. But did, did he live long enough to see your great success? And, and, and Oh, he lived for years, yes, he did. And was he a great supporter of you? All, oh, all God, he was, yeah. And my mother was a miracle. Yeah. My mother was yeah, a miracle. What was your mother's first name again? Mary. Mary, yeah. Wait, wait, my uh, mother, I'll tell you about my mother, the lot of mercy. She, she, she got, one time she got a bad pain here, inside here. And we had her up to Cork to the Barnes Hospital. I'll never forget it in all my life. We called her into the Barnes Hospital of Mormon Cork, and she was in bed there. I'll never think of the, the name, of what was the name of God, was the doctor's name. He was a big, tall man anyway. It doesn't make a matter of what his name was. And he followed me out the door one day, and he put his hand upon my shoulder, and he said, Jackie, in the name of God, will you persuade your mother she listen to you and she won't listen to me. Will you persuade her mother to go for the operation? Was to, this a chest pain? To get out the, the gallstones. Oh, yes, indeed. To get out the gallstones. Mm. In this bed here, this is my mother. Mm. In this bed here, Mrs. Quill, the woman that gave her the bag of flour long ago, is inside with the very same thing, with a pain here. Yeah. Mrs. Quill went for the operation and died in it. And my mother lived 40 more years after that, and she never went for the operation. And, were they and I went into her. Mm-hmm. They were fierce friends. Yeah. Sure, we'd be starved to live on Mrs. Quill. But I went into my mother, and I'll never forget it. She was, she was bawling, crying, and saying the bit. And she said this day to me, she said, Jackie, she said, you won't make me go for it, will you? Mm. I won't, I said. I will not. Will you carry me home, she said. I'll carry you home. I think just part of five years she lived after that. Imagine that. And and so obviously that was a, a very I suppose between difficult moment for you. between yeah. ourselves, confidentially. Sure, I suppose they, they, they didn't know really what they were doing at the day. Mrs. Quill was a grand fresh woman. Yeah. She got the pain here and they took out the gallstones. Yeah, and she was dead. We ball crying after her and everything. Of course, I mean she was one of, one one of, of the, the family. Best. Really. Yeah, she yeah. was done all from what my here. Yeah, and she was married to Denny Quill. So I mean, but but that's the kind of I, I mean, you were brought up the hard way, Jackie. You, the you, toughest you, you, ever. Yeah, yeah, the toughest ever. I'll tell you the truth, Morris. Listen to me. I had no money ever in my life. I had a penny. Yeah. I had nothing. 
But I, I mean, so you value uh, a pound, like you know the value oh, of a pound, God, oh, well, <laughs> or, or of a man, euro, I should if say. If any <laughs> man ever knew what a pound was, I'm telling you the truth. Uh, one time, I suppose I'll have to tell you this before we'll finish. One time I was outside the post office in Kilgavin, a windy day. Mm-hmm. And what did I see down the road near the, near the petal of fiber, a brown fiber? And I threw the bicycle. And I made for the fiber and I got it. And, and, and I kept looking, look, see, was it a fiber? And it was a brown fiber, five pounds. I went home anyway, that I swear to Jesus Christ, I'm telling you the truth. I put the fiber into a matchbox. And I put three safety pins there in my pocket. Christ almighty lads, I had the fiber and I had the fiber and the fiber. I used to look at it and take it out and look at it. And I had the fiber and the next thing was, you see, I, 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 my, my, my mind was hot to me that it was a sin to keep it. And you see, and you see, I went to the priest. I went to the priest, and I told the priest, Father, I said, had you anyone looking for money? No, he said, did you find money? I did, I said, how much, he said. Oh, no, I am to tell you, Father, I said, I can't tell you that. But if anyone comes looking for it, they can talk to me and I'll meet them. Almighty Jesus, let them know. The next thing was, didn't they hear this woman above me and she is bloody don't know whose mother that drives the lorry for the council. Lost the fiber. And you see, things were very bad at the time. And I'll never forget the day I cried after it. I swear to Jesus I cried after it. Because I said, there is one thing certain. If I'll give her back the fiber, she'll give me a half a crown. And there isn't a doubt in the world in my mind about it. I got this thing into my head, drilled firm into my head, that I was going to get a half a crown. Mm-hmm. I met her this day at Alice Brain's corner of the house that's not known to the shop. And she called me, Jackie, she said, did you find money? I did, I said. Did you lose money? I did, she said. What did you lose? I said. A fiver, she said. Was it a brown fiver or a white fiver? I said. A brown fiver, she said. That was white fibers at that time. Do you remember? Yes, I do. I do. Yeah, yeah that was white fibers. I, I opened them. I, 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 I nearly got a weakness opening the safety pins. And I took out the matchbox and I took the fiber out of it. And when I gave her the fiber in her hand, she said to me, Do you know? She said, Thanks a million, Jackie. Thank you so very much. I'll pray for her and I'll go home. And what about the half a crown? Or she, never gave, she never gave me one penny. Even if she gave me a shilling, but I was sure she'd give me half a crown. She never gave me nothing. I'll have to finish the story now. You do? Yeah, go on. I went up to Kark, maybe a couple of months after driving two women. One of them died lately. There were two Yanks. And there were just near later reared in some Kumala. There's one of them married outside in Minas. To Crimin. And I was up to cart this day and we was in there behind. We went up the quay and up from where the market to be inside behind some old cinema. 
I looked on the ground, Almighty God, I looked on the ground. And I said, this Bala Muni on the ground. I looked around me everywhere, no one. I counted 75 pounds. Yeah. I didn't go to the priest about that, Maras. So look, I finished, I'll say no yeah. more to you, and I look, wish you the very best. Jackie Healy Ray, listen, I'm so glad I had this chat with you, and thank you so much. You're very You're welcome, Maras. very nice man, indeed. Thank very you. welcome, you're very, very welcome. Thank We've come to the end of this week's podcast with the late Jackie Healy Ray. I hope you enjoyed listening. And if you would like more information about the work that we do, please visit our website. That's www.irishlifeandlore.com. My name is Maurice O'Keefe. Look forward to bringing you another podcast next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.